Hey folks, it's Mark, your host on My Labor Radio. You can find us on multiple podcast platforms, and this show is now part of the laborradionetwork.org. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your next new favorite union podcast or radio show. A simple network of folks from across the nation. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and their elected officials. As you know, these voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media. But the 21st century's labor movement has a new way to get its message out there. And working people don't rely on traditional media gatekeepers. It's now the internet, so you can turn off your TV to get the real news. So that gets us to that one-stop shop. Just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos. Just click one, and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing Voices of Labor resource. Join us at laborradionetwork.org. BCTGM Voices Project, a podcast highlighting the real people who make up our union, the bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers. I'm Michelle Ellis, Director of Digital Media. I will bring the work of our union to you through monthly interviews with the BCTGM's hardworking leaders, organizers, and everyday members. This is the BCTGM Voices Project. For this episode, I had the privilege of getting to know one of our newest international representatives, Lisa Gregory. Lisa has only been with our union for five or six years. She started as a rank-and-file member at J.M. Smucker in Toledo, Ohio, and worked her way up pretty quickly from there. I was very interested in her story as she is someone who represents the power of women within our union, She has a tremendous respect for unionism as a concept, and she'll talk about the long history inside of her own family of union membership, and she's fostered a real sense of purpose with the leadership roles that she has taken on within the BCTGM. Lisa currently serves local unions in the East Central region of the U.S., but I really look forward to seeing how her future plays out here as she is truly passionate about making a difference for working people. As you listen, if you like what you hear, you can screenshot the episode, share it on social media, copy the link, and text it to a friend. Also, the BCTGM Voices Project is now playing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. So whatever platform you've chosen today, a rating and a review would be hugely helpful to helping us reach a bigger audience. With that, here is Lisa Gregory. So Lisa, uh, the short bio that Karina published in the news last year, and I noticed that you were previously with UAW and then uh, that you weren't with us very long. So there has to be a passion there. And I was curious if there was like a family background or 
Yeah, um, my passion is definitely driven from being from a union family and a very extensive line. Uh, my grandpa, two great uncles, my dad was a 30-year UAW welder, um, three uncles, one aunt, three cousins, and now me. So wow. yeah, a very extensive line. I take a lot of pride in that. And I think that that gives me the passion in the job that I'm in now. You know, I, I understand what this means. I understand the impact that I can have in this position and, and what it means to have a, a better life, quality of life. You know, I had a, a great union upbringing, couldn't be more proud of it. And I thank my dad for that too. I started the same facility that he did in 1999. And I know that I couldn't have done that without him, so. Okay, and that was a UAW? Yep. That was UAW Local 696 in Dayton. Got it. Yep. So how did you end up in Local 58G? Well, I did three years with 696 in Dayton, and the writing was on the wall a little bit with that plant. They were outsourcing a lot of the work as a lot of auto sub-elements went. So they started to offer transfers, and I ended up in Toledo with UAW Local 14, which is right around the corner from the James Mucker plant. <laughs> so okay. it was on my radar a little bit. Um, but I did seven years in the UAW Local 14. And I just, I don't know, I, I just wanted to change. And that plant was kind of going the same direction, a lot of restructuring and downsizing and just the, you know, the, the instability of the auto manufacturing world, really. Sadly enough, but um, so I made the transition from auto manufacturing to food manufacturing for cake mix, frosting. Talk about <laughs> a good choice. It's <laughs> a big Much change. Better. Yeah, so I applied with James Mucker um, in 2013 and I got the job there in April of 13. And that okay. uh, was already under BCTG, BCTGM Local 58G. Gotcha. So then you ran for the recording secretary there? I did. Um, I've been, you know, I waited a couple of years, had to have two years in obviously to run for office, but just to get comfortable get to know all of my, my fellow members and coworkers. And I just decided uh, I wanted to be more involved and I felt like a really good place to start was recording secretary. It's a, it's a really good jumping off point to get involved, understand how the executive board works, what we're responsible for. Um, yeah. And just to sit back, learn, learn from the, the people that were already in place on the e-board. It was a really good spot to get to know the local and just understand how everything works with international and down. Can you explain that a little bit more? The recording secretary, you told me you basically would sit in on these meetings and you were the record keeper? Yeah, I, you take notes, that you keep the minutes for all of the regular monthly meetings. Um, you're responsible for all the communications from the executive board to the membership postings or whatever they need to know is coming up. And then I did have an opportunity to go and take notes at, um, contract negotiations for my Got first it. time. So that was, that was very exciting for me. That's cool. Very cool. Okay. So then from there, we became the vice president. Of I did. 58G. Yep. I, uh, I did two years as recording secretary and I loved being involved at that level and I decided to stay involved and there was a vacancy for the vice president spot. So I ran for that and did two years. And the vice president spot is, it's an even better spot to learn because you're just under the president. You, you step in whenever he can't be there for his duties to run meetings. Um, I was learning from Ed Serena, who, was the, who currently is the president of 58G. A lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. So it was, it was really, really good for me to be in that spot. Okay. So how does that then lead to a staff position with the international? Well, 
like I said, I went to a couple of contract negotiations and my first one was, I believe ADM in 2015 and Roger Miller was the international rep who's the current vice president of the East Central Region now. Mm -hmm. um, and I met Roger and I just started to learn more about what the job is, what he does. Started watching everything that he did in negotiations and had the chance to go to several negotiations with him over the course of four years. I think we did a handful of negotiations and, it, you know, the conversation just kept turning to, is this something I think I could see myself doing? Is this something I could be interested in? And, and at first I was like, wow, that, you know, this really sounds like a lot. Could I do it? And it just sounded intimidating, but you know, Roger became a mentor to me and I, I tried to watch everything that he did at the table and just to understand what, what it would mean. And eventually I went out on leave from my plant to go out with Roger full time when I could and travel with him and really see if I would be a good fit. I think it really. And, and then eventually it, I think it was maybe six months after going out on the, on the road with him, I got a job offer and I couldn't have been more more ecstatic. Just absolutely. Yeah, thrilled. that's good. Yeah, it just it just progressed in, in that way. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you here. Um, we appreciate getting your perspective from out of the field too. As a woman, minority, all of uh -huh. I think I think it's a it's important for everyone to see. It is. You know, it's to be reflective of our membership. I think yeah. it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. You were involved a lot in the organizing campaigns at Danone and then Macomb last year. Will you just talk a little bit about what the difference between the two and kind of maybe the things that you learned? Yeah, um, for, for organizing campaigns, actually, those were my first and only two, but I, I'm glad that those were the ones. They couldn't have been more different. You know, with Danone, it was... Uh, a much easier, actually, it's kind of an example of how it should go versus how it does go in this country for organizing and, and it's a sad reality. But yeah. the Danone campaign, there was a neutrality agreement in place with the company, which meant they weren't going to run an anti-union campaign. There wouldn't be union busting consultants. They wouldn't be spreading lies and misinformation and trying to instill fear in people about wanting to organize a union. And, you know, that's just all the difference. And above and beyond that, they supplied a trailer in their or we were able to put up a trailer in their parking lot to answer questions from employees they said they could come in during their shift before and after work we were out of the elements which is important in central pennsylvania in the winter <laughs> we had a cookout in the parking lot um, they gave us access to a bathroom in the in the plant it's just just unreal it and it really made all the difference in that campaign and then you turn the page to Hearthside, which this is the third attempt, I believe, in 20 years, and they run a very, very strong anti-union campaign. From day one, the, the union busting consultants were in there 24-7, uh, bilingual to reach out to all the groups in the plant and scare them to death. They use the worst of the worst tactics, um, you know, for undocumented workers. If you vote for a union, you'll be deported, which is, I, I just don't know how you sleep at night and say those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, they, you know, we could set up out in front of the plant, but we were exposed to the elements. We were there getting sunburnt in July and freezing and trying to get feeling back in our toes. And so it was just, it was just yeah. a very different experience. Um, 
They actually put up cement filled barrels to block the public right away and wrap chains around it to where we were setting up, which we just, we couldn't believe. Yeah. And by the end of it, they had hired off duty police officers to monitor us. And <laughs> it just, it just night and day. And how so do you stay in it when that is going on? How many organizers were there on a regular basis? First of all, we, we had a crew that kind of, you know, would change in and out, but uh, Margaret McLaughlin was there from day one and long days and shout out to Margaret. Fantastic job. Um, and we had a group of, you know, four or five uh, rank and file that came in to help us, Kanita and Jer Kanita Jones and Jared Cummins and Fernando Sanchez, Jose Falata, Nate Zeff, and Mark Lee also came out to help. Uh, we had a great committee and it just, you know, we, we were really close. We tried to keep morale up. Yeah. You know, we would get as many of us out in front of the plant as, as we could, starting sometimes at 430 in the morning, all the way until 10, 11 o'clock at night. And just stay out there and be visible, be present, try to let the employees know we were there. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. It was hard to keep, keep morale up. It would ebb and flow. Some weeks yeah. were kind of tough for everybody mentally. Yeah. But then there are weeks that, man, there's just no better job in the world to, yeah. to know that you're trying to help people improve their lives. Yeah. So, you guys have a Facebook group at Hearthside that... I am in, I only kind of see things every once in a while. It was very active during the campaign, of course, and a little bit after the election, but I see some stuff here and there. I'm curious, do you keep in touch with some of the workers that are there? Like what's happening now? Yeah, I think I think that it's important that they know, you know, we felt that loss too, and we really did get close, get close to them. Yeah. So I do keep in touch with them just to see how it's going. It seems like it's it's, they've benefited a little bit from the campaign, They've gotten okay. a new plant manager who is a little bit more tolerable. Um, okay. They're changing some managers, which they're happy about. But I want to keep in touch with them and maybe, maybe give this another go in a year. Yeah. And I, yeah, I want to keep them going in that direction. Yeah. I think we can do it. We were close this time. We were very yeah. close. Such a bummer. It was a bummer. <laughs> All right. What's been your favorite aspect of your job as an international rep so far? That's tough. I, I honestly feel like I, I know I have the best job in the world. Uh, Roger used to say that and I was just like, huh, it's an interesting way to think about your job, but it's true. Um, I love going and meeting our members. I love going on plant tours. I love to see the work that we do. And just, I, I mean, I meet new people all the time. It's been a little bit tough this year without, you know, being on the road yeah. every week. But, you know, that that is what I, I love about it. And I really do feel like I can make a difference in this job. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's the first time I've had a job where, where I do feel like I can change someone's life. And that, that's an honest feeling. Yeah. So you like being on the road? I do. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's something I never imagined for myself, but what a fantastic opportunity. I mean, yeah. it's, there's no better union than BCTGM. And when no you, better. when you do that, you're basically in like, Pennsylvania, Ohio, like you're traveling East centrally mostly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to, you know, as far as Greenwich, Connecticut or, you know, wherever the East coast for now, I'd like to try and get out and meet every, every local in this region. Yeah. That's my goal for the year. Well, thanks again. Uh, I know you got stuff going on later today, so I'll let you go and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you.
All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you found this content valuable, please consider sharing it on your own social media pages and be sure to tag us. We are BCTGM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more on the activities of the BCTGM, go to bctgm.org.